How you doing, Super Scoreboard fans? This is Stephen Mill from the Big Scottish Football Podcast. If you like what you hear from this week's episode, you can subscribe to our very own channel by searching for the Big Scottish Football Podcast via your regular podcast provider. Or you can give us a follow on Twitter as well, at Big Football Scott. You can get us on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you again for taking the time to listen to our latest episode. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and you. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and him, Ewan Cameron. How are you doing, Ewan Cameron? Hello! Yes, I'm very good, thank you. Nice to be here for another edition of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Episode what? 25! Wow! We've made it to 25 episodes. That's a quarter of a century. I know, exactly. What will we do for our 100th episode? Let's just get to 50. Right, okay. 50 is a monumental number. It's a landmark number. We should do something special for the 50th. Okay, right, that's fine. I'm just looking at the dates just now. I'm off for a wee bit in March, so... So am I. So we'll have a couple of weeks without one in March. So let me just do some counting here. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... 8, 9, 10... I don't know why he's doing this here and now. 11, 12, 13... Yeah. People are turning off. 50, 60... He's still counting. I think it'll be next season before we get to our 50th. Okay. I mean, we could have discussed that after the show. I bet now everyone knows, so it's fine. Uh, we will look ahead to everything that's happening in the week in Scottish football. Some big games on Wednesday night, also the Scottish Cup weekend, and also reflect on everything that happened over the weekend as well, including those League Cup semi-finals. Remember, you can find us on all your usual podcast providers on Twitter at Big Football Scott, and we're on Instagram and Facebook too. Just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast, and we'll go over your shouts for a Scottish football or a TV show. Some of these are very, very, very good right let's get stuck into today's episode of the big scottish football podcast we will get to var and all that stuff a little bit later on uh, but let's start by actually talking about the football you and cameron where would you like to begin let's start with the league cup semi-final let's start on saturday we'll do it in chronological order so celtic are through to the final after a 2-0 win against kilmarnock kilmarnock did all right though I thought, they were well. good. Yeah. I thought they were good they 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 gave it their all I thought they were a wee bit unlucky. Celtic were ultimately the better team, deserved to go through, but fair play to Derek McInnes, fair play to Kilmarnock. They had, a, they had a game plan and it worked to a certain extent, so I thought they gave it their all. I thought Celtic would win more comfortably, but they kept it in the balance until the 94th minute when Giamakis scores that late, late second goal. So up to that point, Kilmarnock are always in the game. So yeah, fair play to them, but yes, yeah, Celtic deserve to go through. We'll get to the refereeing decisions a little bit later on. And yesterday, it was Rangers two Aberdeen one after extra time um, I if I'm an Aberdeen fan I'm spewing yesterday I'm gutted because I thought they played really well and Anthony Stewart I didn't think he could do something as stupid twice in a week because what he said about Morelos was stupid mm-hmm. and then that challenge on Sakala was a shocker see when I initially initially the first time I saw it I was like that's a bit harsh it's probably a yellow and then the more times you see it you're like <laughs> That's the most nailed on red I've ever seen. There's a lot of Aberdeen fans out there who are saying he cost us. I don't think he did. I still think the Rangers would have gone on and won that game. I thought Aberdeen's legs had gone towards the end of normal time. I thought Rangers looked leggy as well. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, the pitch wasn't great. The pitch was terrible. Can I just say that Hamden Park is an embarrassment of a national stadium? I've never liked it. I hate it. I hate that it's still going to be around for a number of years. To think that is where we play our national football matches, to think that's where we play our high-profile cup games, 
that is a joke of a stadium. It's one of the worst fan experiences you will ever have. And in this day and age, when you look at some of the stadiums around the world right now, it has to be one of the worst on the planet. What you'll find is, as well, is a lot... There's not that view in the media. A lot of the media don't subscribe to that view. Well, do you know why? Because they've got their comfy chairs smack bang in the middle of the stadium, on the centre circle. I've been in those chairs... And it is a fantastic experience if you're in the media because directly behind you, you've got your little um, area where you can have a cup of coffee, you can have your mince pie, you can have your sandwiches. So you get that experience because you're in the media. But see for the, the Tom, Dick and Harry out there, it's no good for Tom, it's no good for Dick, it's no good for Harry, it's no good for Margaret, it's no good for Joan. It's it's a it's an awful experience. There's and a guy. There's a guy. There's a guy I know called Chris who was uh, in the Aberde- Aberdeen end yesterday, and he was right up the back. And I was like, he put a picture on. I was like, that's, can't see anything. That's terrible. My wife took my twelve-year-old uh, son to a Scotland friendly last year with his pal and their mum, and they were at the back, underneath the scoreboard thing, mm-hmm. and they took pictures and videos. And there was a goal scored on the other end. They didn't even know the goal had gone in. They couldn't see a thing. They said it was the worst experience ever to the point where my kids don't want to go back to Hamden. It was that bad. Luckily, they're Hearts fans, so they're not back very often, (laughs) so that's fine. Uh, In terms of the game, uh, Rangers sort of ground it out, They ground out. They deserved, again, like Celtic, they ground out, but ultimately they deserved to go through the final. I think Anthony Stewart's sending off kind of helps, but I still think Rangers have had too much for them in... Uh, extra time because they've got better quality on the bench. I mean, you look who they brought off the bench. So makes Scott, a difference. Scott Wright made a big difference His when he pace came off. on that on that pitch. And obviously more galling for Aberdeen fans that Ryan Jack scored the equaliser and Scott Wright set up the winner as yeah, well. They, totally. they made a big difference, I thought. Yeah, they did. And I thought Rangers overall deserved it. But see, when you get to the final, that's going to be a cracking game. 20, 26th of February. I still expect Celtic and Rangers to make a couple of signings in this window. Rangers in particular need to make a couple of signings. I know there's all this talk about Cantwell coming from Norwich. There's also talk of Davis coming from Everton as well. If they really get those two in that midfield, it does make Rangers a better team. One thing that I couldn't understand, and I thought he made a really good point, uh, was Michael Beale in his post-match media conference when he said he doesn't understand how this team has suddenly gone from beating the likes of Borussia Dortmund, RB Leipzig and getting to a, a Europa League final and they're this anxious. You know what I mean? At Hamden against Aberdeen. They get in front and they get really anxious and they, 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 they drop off. Why are they suddenly like that when they've beat in better teams, bigger teams, played against better players, but all of a sudden Rangers recently have got really anxious when they're in front? They are through the final though and it's Celtic versus Rangers on the 26th of February at Hamden much to Ewan's disappointment let's get back to league matters then we'll go to Friday night first another win for Hearts against St Mirren a good win and that means they have tightened their grip on third place it's not only a good win for Hearts St Mirren were outstanding on the night now I tried to get tickets for that game but it was a sellout so but I've got family members who are season ticket holders and they sent the Gorgie Road end and they were messaging me to say St Mirren deserves something from the game and they're dying the will hearts fans and they were saying St Mirren were outstanding on the night played really really well we're lucky not to get anything and obviously we'll get to it in a second but the possible penalty that St Mirren should have got in the second half we'll debate that and discuss it but um, yeah good win for hearts I mean see when you're not playing well and you get a 1-0 win 
that's a sign of a good side. And some really good signings for Hearts as well. Oh, <laughs> I'm rubbing my knees. I'm rubbing my knees. Uh, <laughs> Callum Parson might be coming. That, and uh, see if we get Callum Parson. I'm just going to be a watery mess on the floor. Okay, fair enough. Uh, play, play, I know. We, we, we've had a great transfer uh, window so far, and there's still what three weeks to go. I don't deny that. I just don't talk like that. I know. That is really I'm, horrible. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain how excited I would be. Oh. You're not on STV two anymore, Ewan. Come on. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, let's get to the other games on Saturday, and we'll start at the big one at the bottom. It was Motherwell one, Ross County one. You know, with ten minutes, with ten minutes to go. Ross County are looking gone. dead and buried they're looking gone for but, me I thought that was it for them they needed to get something out of that game and um, they actually got a, an equaliser I watched the highlights back the Motherwell defending again terrible oh, they're, 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 I think they're done I really do think they're done Ross County needs that point and that'll give them a wee boost so they're still in with a chance of saving themselves they're just one win behind the rest of the field the field Aye. so it's, it's really tied down there and Dundee United still down there they'll be alright couldn't quite manage to hold on against Hibs but that man Scotland's best striker Kevin Nisbet striking again seven goals in six games for Kevin Nisbet this season and he is red hot at the moment Ewan Cameron he's outstanding isn't he it's two goals at the weekend. Great finishes. Great finishes. Holding off the centre half. Waiting. Patient. And he can strike a ball. And they gave the keeper no chance. Each finish were world class. And then you look at the three goals he scored. No, they were. They were world class finishes. They were world class finishes. Doesn't matter who you're up against. They were world class finishes. He's in a box surrounded by defenders. He holds them off and he bides his time to to unload the shot. World class. World class finishes. For a striker, those are world class finishes, right? So those two goals, world class at the weekend. Steven, your thoughts? World class yeah, finishes. Absolutely. World, world class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. World class. Yeah, wait, wait. Can and you just show me your Kevin Nisbet tattoo just as you sit there? I don't have a Kevin and then Nisbet tattoo. The, the week before, anymore. he scored the hat trick <laughs> against Motherwell. And you look at the five goals he scored in the last week. World five class. Ve- five very different goals. World class. That boy knows where the back of the net is. And those finishes against Dundee United at Easter Road were world class oh. finishes. So, how much is Kevin Nisbet worth now? <sighs> Nine million. Nine million. Nine so million. that's just in the mind. That's three million for Dunferman. Lovely stuff. That's very good. <laughs> I would take that. Uh, in turn, Caleb, um, Dundee United nearly holding on for three points, but the not quite. Seventh point. Seven points dropped in added time this season. Oh, seven really? points. Yeah. Hearts, the two all. Yeah. Shanklin's embarrassment of a penalty. Uh, Nisbet again. I don't, I don't say it can be that hard to defend against that. I think our. Because it's world class. I won't get into this too much. I'll just be very quick. Two things are two centre-backs who play either side of the main centre-back are dreadful. We need to replace them. And I was texting Hibs fan during the game and he was like, oh, well done, really happy for you, mate. And at 4.50, I sent a message saying, it's not over yet. We've conceded a few late goals, so I'm not getting ahead of myself. And at 4.53, Hibs <laughs> scored. <laughs> but... World class, a world class goal though. That's so that you, sometimes you just need to hold your, hold your hands, hands up. And hold say, your hands up. That was world class. That's, that's Kevin Nisbet. Could, could, could Messi have done that? Probably not. World class. No, no, no he, he could do no, it. He Sorry, could. he is world class. Some who's maybe not quite world see, class. See, no, no. See, see, you can score a world class goal without it being messy. Yeah, it's just not a world class goal though, is it? 
Well, it is. It's not, though. Right, okay. It's not a okay, world right, hold, class right, hold, hold on a wee second. Hold on a wee <clears> second, right? <throat> so you're telling me, unless you're Messi or Ronaldo, no, you no, can't, no. You that's can't, not what I'm saying you can't score a world-class goal. If you're, that's what you're saying? No, it's not what I'm saying. If I you're just not said that's Mohamed not Salah, if nope. you're not Salah... I'm just telling that. you that Kevin Nisbet's goals weren't world-class. Alan Troughton could score, score a world-class goal. Hope you're listening, Alan. Hope you're well. I wouldn't deny him it, but those two Kevin Nisbet goals are nowhere near world class. Right, so what's a world class goal for you then? Give me, give me a uh, uh, Olivier Giroud scorpion kicks a world class goal, but it's a world class finish. I said, uh, but it's not. No, you said world class goal. You just yeah, said okay, it yourself finish, two minutes ago. So is it a goal or is it a finish? It's both. Right. It's so what, it's both. Wait, okay. Is it a goal so, or is so, it a finish? So what happens when you finish? The move with a goal. There's a watery mess in the floor. It's a finish, right? It's a world class uh-huh. yeah, finish. Yeah, yeah. I thought there were two world class finishes, I right? Strongly and disagree I think with that you have a problem because you're a Dundee United fan and it was it was what was it what's the expression you normally say about grabbing the jaws from defeat? Snatching draws from snatching, snatching, snatching a draw from the jaws of victory, yeah, something like say, that. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I think he has got a world class finish in him, and he scored two world class goals at the weekend. So were they world class? They were world class goals. Kevin Nisbet's goals were world class goals. I'm not saying it's Rooney's overhead kick against Man City at Old Trafford. That's world class because that was an overhead kick. But I'm talking about the finish. I think you're on drugs. I think it's the finish. It was St Johnson 2, Livingston 4. Livingston were 3 0 up at half time. And St Johnson grabbed a couple of goals back. But Livingston up to fourth in the table. Ewan Cameron, and they're not going down. No, and my pal's son scored two goals. James Penry scored a couple of goals. I'm, I'm pals with his mum, uh, Teresa. And she was messaging me I'm during pals the game. With the goal. I'm pals with James Penry's mum. With, his, with the mum. I was on um, real radio. I... This <laughs> is the real football phone <laughs> with Ewan Cameron and Alan Ruff. Call now on 0845 100. I'm going to get that in every episode. So, uh, uh, but no, there were two good goals from James. He's, he plays left back, mm-hmm. and for a left back to score a couple of goals, brilliant stuff. So well done to James, and congratulations on Teresa and producing a great boy, good footballer. And I tell you what, he's better than Livingston. Did you see the video that Lemmy did of you? I did his, see that on his live stream. I did see that. Yes. <laughs> if you've not seen this, um, yeah. Lemmy did it. He does his, he does his live streaming on Twitch every day, and uh, he was googling videos of the real radio football phone. And, yes. Uh, and it was an old picture, uh, an old video, I should say, of uh, Ewan yeah. and uh, my mate Ruffy, <laughs> and um, someone else I didn't recognise. He, he was giggling. And uh, no, exactly. It, it was a funny video, and it was the mm-hmm. caller came on. It was Andy or something. Andy from Les Mahigo. Yeah, and Andy had a couple of sherries and he was pissed yes, yes he was yes, and, and was. we can't understand a word he said so go on to Lemmy's uh, stream you'll see it there he's retweeted it I so. can also say as well talking of world class goals yep. Barry McKay's winning goal against the Mirren world class you see the move and the build up to that goal if that, was Bar- if that was Barcelona that'd have had like 10.3 million views yeah but it wasn't so it doesn't in the championship it was Air United 2 are both 2 so are both did turn that around but then a late equaliser for Air United means it was a share of the spoils another late equaliser for Cove Rangers against Wraith Rovers 2-2 at finish there and Cove Rangers just happy not to concede six goals for once Hamilton versus Greenock Morton at finish 1-0 to Hamilton the penalty that Hamilton got is genuinely one of the worst decisions I have ever seen I'm going to show you it right now you and Cameron I've not seen this it's so bad. You did say me before that game kicked off, you fancied Hamilton on your coupon, and I was like, I nah, did. I don't see them winning, and they did, and they were a good price as well. Yeah, so I'm going to show you and Cameron just now. So here it is. It's uh, just off Twitter there. So there you go. There's Hamilton, if you could describe. 
as the cross comes in, headed away, shot comes in, shot. Where's the penalty there? Where's the penalty? Where's the penalty? No, where's where's the penalty? I'm hold on, there's a replay. So he comes in, has a shot, tackle comes in, he gets the ball. Where's the penalty? <laughs> Is that not one of the worst decisions you've ever seen in your life? What's the penalty there? Somebody put up, put up that clip last night, and I watched it about 13 times, and I was like... I can't see the penalty. Where, where's the penalty? I don't understand why a penalty's been given here. And was that the, the penalty that won them the game? That was the winning goal. Wow, that's a shocking decision. Really, really bad decision. No VAR in the championship, no. though, obviously. Uh, so Hamilton, after, what, 11 matches, straight defeats or something like that, have finally won, and it was a dodgy penalty. They got them all three points. I went and looked at the penalty, and it, it says here that initially it was a free kick to Morton, and then the ref <laughs> changed his mind to a penalty to <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> it gets I, worse. It gets worse. I, I'll, I'll retweet it, right? At Stephen Mill if you want to see it. It's genuinely... One of the most ludicrous decisions. I feel like, like I, I don't even know how he's got to that conclusion. Like it's just, I don't even think it was a foul. Is, 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 is it a challenge from when the shot comes in? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's a ludicrous decision. Elsewhere in the championship, Inverness nil, Queens Park nil. Our pals at Queens Park. It was a goalless draw for them. Um, we are going to be speaking to them shortly, aren't we? Yes, we've got Enzo and David from the Spiders Talk podcast. So uh, we'll get to them in just a wee bit because they weren't very happy with stuff that we were saying on the podcast last week. But we'll cover it all off then. In League One, it was Aloha 2, FC Edinburgh 1. So another defeat for FC Edinburgh, 2 in a row for them. Uh, Dunfermline, 4 0 winners against Peterhead. And Falker, 4 0 winners against Clyde as well. It was 1 1 between Kelty Hearts and Airdrie. And. Unfortunately for Marvin Bartley's Queen of the South, it was defeat 1-0 against Montrose. And that means that they beat Kelty in the SBFL Trust Trophy last week, but it was on penalties. It was 0-0. And then obviously no goals at the weekend there. I think he's got a tough job as Marvin Bartley. He does, but one of his players had a penalty in like the 85th minute to equalise and blazed over the bar. And that's just management, isn't it? Oh, yeah, what that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. In League 2, it was East Fife 1, Stenhouse Muir 1, Elgin City 1, Annan 1, 4-4-2. Dumbarton won Ray McKinnon Forfar manager Completely turning it round By the way And it's Stranraer nil Albion Rovers 4 So another win for Albion Rovers So that means that Ewan Cameron's prediction That they might finish Bottom of the league Or top of the league Is still on Very much so And I Very think much. I will be right okay. But they're unlikely To win the league I think they're highly Highly <laughs> unlikely To win the league yeah. La gente está muy loca What the fuck Right VAR <laughs> WTF Let's start with the first contentious decision of the weekend. And that came on Friday night. It was the blatant handball that St Mirren suffered. The blatant handball? What are you talking about? <laughs> I knew you Honestly, would right, listen to me there and it took a wee while for yeah, you to so, register. So, let, let's go to Tyne Castle, right? Right, Hearts are winning 1-0 against St Mirren I've already said it earlier in the podcast I thought St Mirren from what I saw in the highlights And from what my family and, were telling me St Mirren were great St Mirren were great and were unlucky not to get something out of the game Pat them on the head, right? well done Patronising you and so, No, 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 they were unlucky So let's look at the incident Where St Mirren are crying about a penalty Right, let's take it from the moment the ball comes in to striking what we what appears to be Please the Please do, arms. can we do it with a bit of pace though? Okay Declan Gallagher puts in a cross, right? 
A Hearts player goes to head it, misses it. Mm-hmm. A Samirin player goes to head it, misses it. Yeah. Kai Rolls then tries to turn his body to the right to get away from the ball because he now realises that it's not, it's coming straight to him. So he tries to get his arm and his body out of the way and it does strike a part of his arm. There is no St Mirren player behind him. The St Mirren player is in front of him because he's ran past Kai Rolls and it goes out for a corner. That wasn't intentional. He tries to get his body and his arm out the way. And for that reason, the referee, first of all, didn't give the pen away. And when VAR looked it out, they believed that the referee hasn't made an error there and haven't asked them to go back and have a look at it. Because I think when you look at it in context with the ball coming in and it misses two players, that Rawls clearly thinks one of them is going to get it. He tries to then get himself out of the way and he doesn't. So it's not a penalty, right? Move on. I mean, that is a penalty. It's not a penalty. That is a penalty. It's not a penalty. It's not a penalty. I don't know how you can say this. Wait, 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 wait. Let me show you, right? Right. So the ball's coming in yep. here. And he's, 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 and as a podcast, he can do commentary. Yeah. Right? You're standing looking I'm like standing. a fanny. Yeah. <laughs> so the ball's coming from Declan Gallagher and he's it's coming talking. in from the left. Yeah. Right? Just talking there's nonsense a, there's now. A, there's a Hearts player, there's a Submission player. He's pointing at stuff. Right, right. And then it and then both still the going. players. Yeah. It bounces in front of him. And what does Aye. he do? He does that. No, just stop he talking. He does that. Please. Does he does he turn his does he turn his body round? Does he turn his body round? I'm asking you the question. Does Kai Rolls turn his body to the right? He's still talking. Does he turn it? Pointing the... pointing his arm and stuff now. He's like rotating. Like, you done? You done? Right. No, no. He's, he's still doing it. Right. Right, let's move on for all our sakes. Uh, let's go to... Let's do Celtic. Yes. There's like, loads, loads of decisions in that game. Uh, well, there was a couple of offside goals, which I think were correct. They were offside. A lot of people seem to think that the Hatati goal should have stood, but can I just um, say to football fans out there who are on Twitter screaming and shouting about the rules of the game and that should have been um, a goal. Um, you were literally doing that about 30 seconds ago. But in real life, what are you on about? You were getting up and demonstrating. You were using. Yeah, I know that, but that's 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 because I that's, was trying. That's because sh- it was to try and make your point. So, yeah. so see when the shot comes in from Greg Taylor, and it strikes, I think Ash Taylor on the leg or the arm, and it deflects to Hitati. Mm-hmm. That wasn't an intentional um, movement from Ash Taylor. For example. When Liverpool played, who was it again? Um, it was Wolves in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Salah is in an offside position by eight yards, but the central defender then heads it as if to head it back to the goalkeeper or to his left to the fullback, and then he plays Salah on, basically. Salah can then go and score the goal. So my point is here, because Greg Taylor's had the shot and it struck off Ash Taylor and deflected to Hatati and he puts it in the back of the net, a lot of people were saying, oh, that's the same as Salah. It's not the same as Salah. It really isn't. Go and read the rules, learn the game, and then come back to me. What about Giacomacus and the penalty in the 92nd minute? Not a penalty for me. It's not a penalty. I think it's clumsy. I think the boy in front, what's his name? Who's 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 it? Joe Wright. Joe Wright feels the contact and he goes in way too easy. If that's outside the box, is that a free kick? Yes. So why is it not a penalty? Because I think it... I think there is... No, no. Not every, not, not every free kick is a penalty. Not every penalty is a free kick. 
Does that make sense? No. No, <laughs> no, no, no. it actually doesn't. No. No, right, right, so not every free kick is a penalty. Not every contact in the box is a penalty. If that was the case, then any pull of a jersey or any barging or pushing in the penalty area would be a penalty. It can't be because you'd be there all day just taking penalties. Was that? Was it just not a really clumsy challenge? It wasn't a penalty. He, he had his arms round wasn't them. wasn't a penalty. I think it was way too easy. I'll give you an example. And I think it's a really good example. And Celtic fans are crying at the time. Do you remember when Bassey made that challenge on Giamakis? I think it might have been in the final or the semi-final of a cup last year. Okay. And there was a very similar incident where Bassey basically runs into the back of Giamakis at the near post when the cross comes in from Jota. It's very similar. And I didn't think that was a penalty at the time. Celtic fans did, obviously. And there was a conspiracy. Oh, then use a penalty. That wasn't a pe- that was that that challenge from Bassi on Giamakis was more a penalty than the one on Saturday against uh, Kilmarnock. Okay, okay. Let's move on to the two big calls in the Rangers Aberdeen game yesterday. I think we've already covered the red card, but I'm sure it was a red, red card. card yeah. And the Ryan Kent alleged punch. No such thing. There's no punch there. I watched that intently. I even um, blew up the video myself and had a right. Close look at it. Uh, Liam Scales and Ryan Ken are on the halfway line, mm-hmm. and they are touch tight. Uh, Liam Scales is blocking Ryan Ken as they are running near the halfway line because Rangers got possession of the ball and Rangers going to play one over the top. So uh, Liam Scales is clearly trying to block Ryan Ken. And what Ryan Ken has done, he's checked his run, and what he's done with his right arm is come across the back of Liam Scales' neck to grab his left shoulder to pull him back. There's no elbow in the face. There's no punch in the face. Everybody's screaming, oh, he punched him. He elbowed him. He didn't do anything like that. There is no elbow. There is no punch. He tries to... Um, he was physical, yes. No doubt about it. He's physical. But so is Liam Scales, and he tries to grab him to get round him on his left. That's he what did. happened. I, I agree with you that that is what happened. He did grab him with his right, sort of misses him a little bit, but then his left hand comes up. No, it doesn't. It does. Well, it strike him. And it makes contact with scales on the other side. Right, so and, and whether and, and listen, I, I totally get that. I, I, I get Ryan Kent's movement. He's trying to... Get away from him. He's trying to get away from him, but he, he does make contact. So why there, does... There so, contact. so let's just say then that Kent's left hand strikes... Scales, scales on the other side, side. so they go so why, like that. So why does he hold the right side of his face? I don't know. Why does he hold the right side of his face? He holds the right side of his face. What you showing me? I've showed you that a million times. It's his left arm. What are you talking about? Look, left arm. But why is Scales holding the right side of his face? I don't think that's the important point, is it? But he doesn't strike him with the arm. He does. It may, may... Left arm. Watch it. I'm left watching arm. the left arm. Where? That doesn't strike. Oh, come on. I mean, come on. Are you, are you telling me that's a red card? I didn't say that. Right. But, okay, do you think there should be ret- retrospective action taken against Ryan Kent? I think it's not as cut and dry as you're making it out. Right. Well, I'm asking you the question because there are people this morning saying there should be retrospective action taken against Ryan Kent. So let me ask you. Yes. Let me let me ask you. Was VAR working at that point? It was working at that yeah, point. Yeah, it stopped working. It stopped working. working after 99 minutes. I don't know when that was. Maybe 95th minute. 95th minute, right. 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 So okay. It so... Should retrospective action be taken against Ryan Kent for that incident? I'm asking both of you, because you're both football fans. I think if VAR was fully functioning at that time, they should have probably had a look at that. Right. You look at it, you're in the camp, you're watching the screens, are you sending him off? 
Probably not. Probably I'd, not. I'd, I'd, I'd probably book him though. Because I, I do, I do think he's lashed out. He's got frustrated and lashed out. But I don't. I, he didn't punch him. He didn't elbow. Correct. It was just a claw. In the so face, it's a yellow card at worst. Yeah. At worst. I, I right, so why are we arguing then? I've made my point. I've clearly, I've clearly <laughs> proved my point yeah. because you two numpties came in here going, "It's a red card. It's a red card." No, I, I, I think he struck out. No, no, I said that. I, I, literally, like, neither of us. He body it. slammed him like a WWF wrestler. It's not been WWF since about two thousand. Well, I don't so. care about wrestling because I'm an adult. Right. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, I agree with that point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is VAR WTF done for this week. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. So, as you might have seen on social media over the last week, since last week's episode, there's been a lot of chat about Queen's Park. And to be fair, it's not just come from us, but we'll get to that in just a wee second. So, let's say good morning, good afternoon to Enzo and David, who are from the Spiders Talk podcast, the unofficial Queen's Park podcast. Morning, guys. How are you doing? Very good. How are you? Yes, very good. Now, listen, first of all, uh, I know you reacted to what was said on last week's episode, um, but before we get stuck into that, I just want to ask you a couple of things. So, obviously, Queen's Park are top of the league. A draw at the weekend uh, up at Inverness as well. First of all, you must be absolutely loving how your team are playing at the moment. And secondly, how are you coping with this increased scrutiny on Queen's Park? Because, you know... Without being disrespectful, Queen's Park were in League 2 for a lot of the last sort of 20 years, League 1 as well, and the focus hasn't really been on them. But it seems, particularly, and not just from us, uh, I noticed Stephen McGowan wrote a piece in the Daily Mail at the weekend about you guys as well. There seems to be an increased focus on Queen's Park, especially of late. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, the Scottish media love stories like this. They love it when, when a wee club is, is shooting up the leagues. And I know that you kinda, you took a bit of uh, issue with the word fairy tale, but, but fortunately we're not really seeing that banded about too much because I think people are realistic about how we've gotten to this stage but it's, it's amazing it's, it's unbelievable you know for, for David and I who've been watching Queens for 15-20 years I don't think anybody ever expected this to happen um, it's, it's just uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic and you're up to Inverness and coming away you know, drawing nothing each up at Inverness, being slightly disappointed is just is not a not a position I ever thought I'd found myself in. David, you're the keyboard warrior that I had a follow with on uh, Twitter. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, that is me. I'm I'm guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we went backwards and forwards with a bit of an argument about the situation in, at Queens Park. Why is this any different to Gretna? Um, where would you like to start? Well, you tell um, me. I think. Well, I tell you what. I'll look at the. Um, when you mentioned in your in your your piece that you did in your episode last week, the the line that sticks out to me particularly, I, I apologise, I don't remember which one of you asked the question, but one of you mentioned that are they doing what Rangers did and they're playing paying players like Fran Sandaza eight to nine thousand pound a week? I mean that's just <laughs> that's utter madness. I mean you look at the you look at the Queen's Park squad right now. Now, yes, there's a couple of signings this season. And of course, there's one sign that's been there for a long time that's absolutely on fire. I'm sure he'll be the one that we'll talk about shortly. But a lot of these players, seven of the 11 that started at the weekend just there, were in this team in League One. And this is a League One team that finished 28 points behind Cove Rangers, who won the league last season. We we struggled last season an awful lot. We drew 18 league games. Half of our league games were draws. Owen Coyle coming in has turned this team around and the performances on the park are absolutely brilliant this season, as, as Enzo's saying. But see, when it comes to things like people saying buying the league, and that, look at look at the players that, that are in this team. Um, Lee Kilday, uh, Tommy Robson, Callum Ferry, we're all like cast-offs from, from up 
teams in higher leagues than us. We are picking him up, which is what you'd expect any lower league team to do. Signing like Charlie Fox, a guy who's been around the English leagues, has came in and has been brilliant for us as well. Um, I just don't understand where the term like sort of the buying the league thing comes from. Maybe you could tell me where you think that is. David, how much is on Coil on? I don't know. I'm not on yeah, Coil's he's, he's account, not, he's, so I can he, tell you that. He's not come for a 10p mixture and a cup of tea, has he? <clears throat> Absolutely not. But see with Owen Coil as well, I don't know if that's just... What, it's obviously going to be right. He's obviously going to be on a decent bit of money. There's there's no denying that. So there's but money there. It's also that's there's there's absolutely money there, but it's being spent wisely, which is a point that we were trying, or that certainly I was trying to make on Twitter, and maybe we'll try and make that a little bit better. Owen Coyle, I think, is actually just one of these ones that just fits at the right time for Queens Park. Owen Coyle has been away from um, from Scotland for a couple of years. Mate, that's fantasy land. Here. That's fantasy land. Owen Coyle is there, <laughs> not because he loves Queen's Park. Have you seen the state of the new pitch that you're never, building outside Hamden? Never, He's there for the money. Let's, let, let's be honest about it. He's there because the money was right and he quite liked the sound of the project. He definitely likes that, but as well, I think a big part of it is going to be the fact that he has been away for a few years. He was out in India during the COVID years where he was unable to get back to Scotland at all, so he was out for two, three years there. He's got a family, obviously, in, in, in Glasgow. His son is obviously now a coach at Queen's Park as well. He's a local boy. He's from Glasgow. He's from that kind of area. I think, again, he's available. We obviously went and asked the question because, yes, the money's there. And there was plenty of stories of who we went and asked. The question obviously wanted to be the manager. For a long time, we thought it would be Jack Ross. I think we're, I think we're maybe quite glad that didn't work out. But we asked the question of Owen Coyle. And as I say, I just think all the pieces fit together. He's came in and it's really, it's been him more than anything. So if you want to say that the money's there for him, then fine. But it's been him that has turned this team around from a, real, a struggling team in League One to being top of the championship after January. I think it's also worth highlighting that Owen Coyle's last spell in Scotland wasn't particularly successful when he was at Ross County. Uh, I, I mean, I, I have a friend who's a Ross County fan and, and he speaks really poorly of, of Coyle's time at the club and, and I know that he just didn't settle in there at all. And I'm not entirely sure that realistically he would have got another job in the Scottish Premiership. I think he might now. I think people will be looking at him now and going, yeah, he's doing a good job at Queen's Park and, and I think he probably would have other opportunities. But when he came to us... I don't know if that's necessarily the case. You know what? Obviously, Owen Coyle, besides his Ross County spell, has had a pretty successful uh, career uh, down south, as you mentioned, in India, in the US as well, and obviously St. Johnson first time around. Uh, it's not just Owen Coyle. You've obviously got Leanne Dempster. You've got your director of football as well. And I know you'll say that is about putting the foundations in place for a structure going forward that can make Queen's Park a successful club. But... From someone who is, a, I'm a Dunfermline fan, Ewan's a Hearts fan. A lot of people have labelled you as jealous. Yes, a lot of people have said, you, you know, for a start, obviously, Queen's Park put Dunfermline out the playoffs last yeah. season. It's nothing to do with that. The, the genuine reason uh, that I, I wouldn't say I have a problem with this, because I, I, however people spend their money, whatever football teams do is completely, it doesn't matter what I think, but... I know that it's difficult to sustain something. I've seen it with Dunfermline. I've seen us being ambitious in the noughties under Jimmy Calderwood and spend outbidding Aberdeen for players, for example, signing Aberdeen's captain and offering him more money. It doesn't work out in the long run. And the reason I was, I was uh, speaking about this last week is that guys like yourself you're the sort of guys that'll have to pick up the pieces in 10 or 15 years' time if this experiment doesn't work, if this experiment doesn't work. I think it's important to highlight that nobody 
involved in Queen's Park is denying that there's been a lot of money spent. That that is that is just a fact. I mean, money has been spent, but it's not been spent in the same way as Gretna spent their money. They had absolutely no interest in future-proofing their club. They had no interest in developing an infrastructure that would set them up for for the long term. Well, well were, j- I'm, j- I'm just going to so, sorry, Enzo, to to jump in there. I've actually got something on that here. And because uh, because I kind of thought you would bring that Is up. Is the Eco Stadium? Uh, no, it's not the Eco Stadium actually, but it's just a it's a motion that was put in front of the UK Parliament congratulating Gretna on securing promotion to the Scottish Premier League, and commending the club's owner Brooks Mileson on his commitment to the club, to the community, and in particular youth development. Now that's not something we associate with Gretna you know it's easy to look back and think well they didn't have any interest but at the time yeah. they said they had an interest in building a sustainable club and making it part of the community. That's the same noises that Queen's Park are getting. Now listen obviously the parallels between Gretna and Queen's Park are not, you know, I, I, I get that. Like Queen's Park have been around since day dot. Queen's Park are a historically such an important club, not just to Scottish football, but world football as well. And I've had many, many tweets saying that, and I completely agree with that. So, like, I, I get that side of things. But all clubs, when they start spending a little bit of money, they always say, we're trying to make it sustainable. We want this to last in the long term. And from a Dunfermline fan's point of view, that doesn't happen. From a Hearts fan point of view, when they were trying to win the league under Romanov and, you know, make Hearts a force in Scottish football, it doesn't happen because the money isn't there and the infrastructure costs so much. The stuff that we're talking about, you know... It's not, it's not only that, Stephen. It's also Hearts have got a great fan base. Dunfermline have got a great fan base. That also helps sustain your club going forward. Yeah. Having that backing, having that support, having that income. Queen's Park don't have that right now what is it 400 fans at certain games in a season you know um, that, and, 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 and by the way and, and, and by the way just to, just to be fair here just to be fair here I'm not that's not Queen's Park fault I mean you know Queen's Park did have big crowds back in the 50s and the 60s and stuff like that and guys like you David and Enzo are obviously absolute diehards we're not having a go at you but not but we are <laughs> but no, <laughs> no no but that's fair do, do, do you not see that like does it not worry you that this isn't going to work out and you're the guys that are going to have to deal with it. Well, I think I think it's a valid it's a valid concern to raise, but there's a few things that you need to consider. So obviously when, when we as a club took the decision to to drop the amateur status, start paying players, and obviously the expectation wasn't necessarily that we'd be making quite such a fast, you know, ascent up the leagues. I think we were hoping to kind of stabilize stabilize ourselves as a, a decent sort of League One club with the occasional foray into the championship and and things have moved a little bit quicker than that. And I, more in- I was going to say, is this moving too quickly for your liking? No, I'm, a, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely <laughs> loving it. I wasn't expecting this, but yeah. it's great yeah. fun. Not, no, not for our liking, maybe, maybe for <laughs> people behind the scenes, but for I, us, no. As Andrew says, loving it. So what I was going to actually, the, the point I was going to make there was that the reason why the club made this decision was because we were seeing at the time really ambitious clubs coming through the kind of the Lowland and Highland League with money, with ambitious, uh, with, with ambitious ideas. And they obviously opened up the pyramid. And I know that that's a, that's a bit of a contentious subject because maybe some people think that it's not open quite enough. But, but either way, the, the club recognised that realistically our model going forward would probably find us in the Lowland League, possibly the West of Scotland Football League in, in five, ten years, possibly even sooner than that. So it's this, essentially the idea was let's give this a shot. What's, what happens if in, if in 10, 15 years it, it doesn't go to plan? Listen, I, I have a lot of faith in the club and 
And until I've been given any reason to believe that the people behind the scenes don't have the club's interests at heart, then I will continue to, to, to have a lot of faith in what they're doing. But honestly, I, I think we were just in a bit of a downward trajectory anyway. So I, I'm very much of the belief that it's absolutely worth a shot. Uh, David, let me ask you, there were pictures on social media at the weekend of the, the new stadium. I laughed. I laughed that um, that stadium could be making its way into the Premiership. Scotland's top flight football could be having fans turn up at that stadium. I, I, it looked an absolute joke. It's like something you'd find um, in Wester Hills. I'm struggling not to agree with you on that point, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, it's embarrassing. For all, the, for, all the, for all the, listen, for all the, you know, myself and Enzo and other Queen's Park fans, not only just loving what's on the park, but do believe that, you know, money is being spent in the right places. And in a lot of places, you know, things like bringing in the director of football, Marion Bucher from AZ Alkmaar, you know, he's a highly respected guy. He's got some wild visions on how football should be run and things like that and we're implementing that and that's the kind of thing that we hope will make it sustainable as Enzo says uh, before we don't know what's going to happen it's worth a go when it comes to Lesser Hamden that is um, that is a concern I mean, I mean it absolutely is that's one of the reasons why I'm saying I think it's definitely developed too quickly on the park Um we can't blame Owen Coyle and the players for that it's just unfortunate that's happened perhaps in that regard we've not kept up to speed there there's been issues with that i mean of course the, the stadium build did start during you know the covid sort of period and there was issues with building all that stuff there um however that doesn't excuse the fact that we're now near enough three years on and that's still an issue um yeah when it comes to lesser hamden i don't know what the club's plans are on that we we do hope i think their plan should be knock it down and start again because it's, um, it's, it's embarrassing i looked and i just laughed i went they're expecting rangers celtic hearts aberdeen dundee united hibs fans ought to turn up there to that and that is well, what is going to that's going to be one of the 12 stadiums possibly in the top flight of scottish football with a capacity of just over 1700 fans i mean it's an absolute joke oh, well unfortunately it's not 1700 fans it is. the current capacity as Leicester stands right now in phase 1 i think is actually 996 yeah but it's going to go 1700 it's going to go to 1700 for a top flight club one of the 12 top clubs in Scotland you will have a capacity of 1700 there wasn't that long ago where teams were missing out and getting to the premiership because they didn't have a 10,000 seater stadium and they got themselves into debt and fell into administration yet here you are Queen's Park walking in with Lesser Hamden in a shithole basically with 1700 fans um yeah, listen, well, I'm, I'm not denying that Les Hamden doesn't look great right now. I don't know what the capacity will be increased to. 1,700. The well, the 1,700 figure that you're quoting was actually the original plan for Lesser Hamden. There was then an issue with that builder that actually went to court and arbitration and all that kind of thing, which actually delayed Lesser Hamden again. This is a second builder that's in, and the current plans, as I say, right now for when it's opening, it's supposed to be opening, I believe, I believe this is the latest thing, <laughs> um, February, um, it is going to be 996. What they're then able to do in the short to medium term to increase that, I genuinely don't know. Um, I do agree with you on the lesser handing point, uh, personally. Um, I don't know if Enzo has anything different on that, but that's definitely a contentious issue which hasn't kept up and the club have perhaps dropped the ball there. Um, 
yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, I do agree with you there. <laughs> well, yeah. listen, David, Enzo, uh, before we let you go, because we know that you're busy, uh, listen, thanks so much for giving up your time. We're always happy uh, to give guys a platform yeah. if you think that we're talking nonsense. like Which we normally do. <laughs> yeah, so uh, like, listen, we, we, there, there's no denying that. Uh, so listen, thanks very much for coming on and genuinely all the best for the rest of the season because, you know, listening to you guys, you are obviously diehard fans. Passionate. And passionate about your club which it's what we love in Scottish what, football what I would say is Mona Dundee <laughs> <laughs> and just before you go guys can you sum you and Cameron up in one word for me <laughs> um, are we allowed no no say whatever you want say whatever you want I can't, I can't say the c word again because that got much better last time, didn't I? That clown, that's clown. I'm clown, of course, that's, clown. That's, clown. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's what I, I said on Twitter. Yeah. No, no, he's, he's, he's been very nice to us today, so, so we'll just leave it there, and I'll see what you say on Twitter, and I'll maybe come back to you next week. Okay, mate. <laughs> right, David Enzo from the Spiders Talk podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Cheers. Thanks for having us. Cheers. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. David and Enzo were nice, weren't they? Good guys. I don't think we're getting an invite to the stadium anytime soon. But there again, they don't have space for us. No, they won't have space for us. Well, they may have space for us. Depends where the crowds are, obviously. Depends who turns up. Exactly, yeah. But David and Enzo, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Good guys. Uh, right. If Scottish football were a, we asked you on social media over the last week or so for footballers, managers, referees, pundits who would feature if Scottish football were a butcher. Uh, no. What are you writing in term, Caleb? What does that say? That's Monkey. from last week. That's from last week. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Your script. Look the at the script, script that you. Oh no! See so what I put. If Scottish football were a butcher, a TV show. Oh, that wasn't it. Sorry, it's been a long weekend. If Scottish football were a TV show, do I do it again and we'll edit it? No, no, okay. no, no. See, before we um we get to that, just mentioning the weekend there, I need to ask you a question. Uh-huh. You were telling me earlier that you had a chilled out weekend. It just reminded me there. Uh-huh. Um, see the Christmas present advice that I gave you. Yes. Oh, should we talk about that? Do you want to do that now or do you want to do it later? No, we'll do it now. Just okay, so, we'll do it now, now yeah. we're here before we get to that. So you and me were on um, WhatsApp and you were asking me my advice when it comes to a Christmas present. I told you to buy something for your new woman's uh, Christmas. And I've just remembered that you had a chilled weekend. I'm guessing it was with your woman. So I now need to your know... woman? Can I give... The, do you want me to give the context? I've got it here. Yeah, So there's on. a WhatsApp group chat with me, Stephen and Ewan. And I was at... Ewan, you are a fragrance expert. Yes. To your credit, you know all perfumes. Yes. Eau de toilettes. Yeah, so I just... The question I asked was, at Ewan Cameron, what's the difference between de parfum and de toilette in perfumes? I'm sure I've pronounced that perfectly. And you went into a tirade... <gasps> about how I cannot buy the same perfume that my girlfriend currently has because, and I quote, you need to give her a new smell that connects the both of you. (laughs) (laughs) This was a very odd chat. It was really interesting because Stephen, who's also in that WhatsApp group, never got involved. Not a word. He was just sitting there clearly just reading it going, what is this going? What's going on here? See the question that you originally asked? Yeah. I think that's a question that everyone's like, I don't know. Like gen- genuinely parfum and toilette. Yeah, right, so, so I told you whether he's the difference. Right, right, I'm, so not, I'm not getting to that just now. Can you can you briefly just summarize? Because there'll be a lot of people now par- wondering. Parfum is a stronger concentration, and it lingers obviously a bit longer, and will last a bit longer on your skin, particularly if it's on your clothes as well. A toilette is a bit more. Um, 
um, more subtle. F- subtle and more fresh, if you know what I mean by that. And it's, it's cheaper. A market, it's cheaper. And it's cheaper as well. And there's a wee bit more oil in the perfume than there are in the toilet. So, <laughs> but here's, 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 here's the thing, right? So, listen to my reasoning. My reasoning is this. So, I, I, don't, I can't remember your girlfriend's name, but your girlfriend has a smell that she loves. And that smell will connect her to previous boys that she's had in her life because that's what she likes. What you need to do is to... Is Sorry, to, what? Is to get away from that smell because that smell is from her previous life with other boys. Because people have a history of Why are you saying boys plural? Right, well, I'm sure there have been a few. How old are you? <laughs> Why would you okay. say have, you, have you just had the one girlfriend in your life? No. Have you had one girl experience in your life? No. I'm guessing she's not either. I'm hearing she isn't anyway. But that's not the point. <laughs> You're hearing she isn't. <laughs> what, in your ear right now? Or that index speaking to you? <laughs> so what I was suggesting to you is not to buy what she already has and for you to choose a scent and a fragrance that connects you to. So from here on in, whether you work out as a partnership or not, whenever she smells that, she will think of you and not previous boyfriends. That's why I told you to buy something different and something unique. So you went with my advice. I want to know, does she like it? Very quickly, the other sentence that you wrote was, in capital letters, don't buy her what she has, it's lazy. (laughs) And I was already stressing out my dome because I didn't know what to get her. Uh We didn't decide on a budget, which, by the way, is mental. Never do that. So I bought her what you suggested. I said to her, as she was about to open it, I said, listen, there's a story behind this. And I gave her the whole spiel. (laughs) And she opened it and she looked at it and she verbatim went, what the fuck is this? (laughs) She said, do you know, my sister has this and I've always wanted it. but I've never bought it for myself. And she wears it loads. But she still wears the old stuff as well. And every time she does, I'll think that she's thinking of the other boys that she's. Yeah, yeah she's but, thinking but, of. But at least she's, all the, all the, the, bo- all the, the boys. The army of men that she's had before, <laughs> that have gone before, that have marched in her. Why did you have to say <laughs> That have marched in and out of her house buying her various perfumes. <laughs> and that's see, just. See, she, see she, has she got 25 bottles? <laughs> okay, that'll not make the edit. <laughs> right, anyway. If Scottish football were... The scent of shagging past. So, um... <laughs> if Scottish football were a TV show. So... Wait, wait, wait. That should be next week's If Scottish football were... If Scottish football were a fragrance or a deodorant. Yep. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Let's go through some of the TV shows, though. So, hello to Smiley Face, who says, Kev C. Nisbet. So, instead of Rab C. Nisbet. Yeah. That's not bad. Uh, Breaking a Badder. Better Call Paul McStay from Larky uh, Che Adams Family Ali McBeal McBeal I still love that TV show that's uh, Jamie with, who's with, in that with Dancing Baby uh, I oh, fancy her as well what was her name again Clarissa Flockhart Callista ok uh, <laughs> Steve Clarkson's Farm Steve Clarkson's Farm Clarkson's Farm what's Steve Clarkson's Clark- Farm Jeremy, Jeremy Clarkson has he got a farm Amazon yeah. Prime very good uh, Downtown Rabby Rabbi Matondo Downton Abbey Downton Rabbi Billy Gilmore Girls from David Haining as well Gilmore Girls Billy Gilmore Gilmore Girls is a TV show Gilmore Girls is a TV show yes. where when right oh. you and we've got so many of these to get through so just shut up uh, Sons of Third Lanarchy which is quite good I quite like that Anarchy uh, Craig White Rider Saved by the Cami Bell Beal or No Beal from Fluffy <laughs> I'll as well. that uh, The Kee Soon Young Ones 
How I Met Your Mother Well from Johnny <laughs> Mac. Uh, David Bates Motel. Halliday Homes in the Sun. That's from Beals, Beals Bryce. Hello to D. Hughes, who says DIY QOS. DIY QOS. DIY SOS. Uh, good morning, Jerry Britton. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's, that's Ian, really Ma- good. Ian McCall, the midwife from Ross Duncan. <laughs> My personal favourite, Jim Duffy, the vampire slayer. <laughs> that's from Daniel Miller. Uh, hello to Chris Boyd Meets World. Boy Meets World. Yeah. Uh, Breaking Barisich, Cobra Kai Naismith. Not bad. That's from P. McBee. Uh, we have the Cameron Carter Vickers of Dibley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Keenan and Kelly Roos not bad from George Burns uh, Derek Stilly Game <laughs> that's quite good uh, Callum Tapping Point from Michael M hello to who we got here Xander who says Better Call Saul Bamba Sex in the Breaking City and Douglas Parks and Recreation so thank you very much they were all that. very good uh, The Dukes of Hazard from Fatboy77 Death in Tanadice from Graham Prentice have you ever watched Death in Paradise? It's one of the worst TV shows on the planet. It gets watched regularly by around 12 million people. It's one of BBC's biggest hits. They film it on an island called Guadeloupe in the Caribbean, and all the cast have to spend six months there doing all the filming. Well, there's worse jobs you could have. There are, but they obviously, if they've got kids and family and all that, they have to move everyone over for six months. And that's a bit of a nightmare. And that's why they can't keep a lead person in it. Because they, they always, because they're like, well, I've done this for three years and my, yeah. like, my partner's raging. So the I'm writing's to go poor, home. the acting's poor, the scenes are poor, it's filmed poorly, everything about it is bad. And I think the 12 million people that are watching are over the age of 65. No Whelan's House Party. Uh, Rosie and Jim Goodwin going for Goldson. For, that's from Alexander Wilson. Uh, the Crystal Hayes, Andy Little Britain. That's from Dave the Rave. Happy Valley McCoist. Success, Sean Rooney. Oh, no, that's poor. Uh, I like that one. No. Nah. Uh, Bo- Bobby Madmen. <laughs> I'm a celebrity, get me out of Ophir Marciano. <laughs> that's from Nicky. Uh, the great British McPakeoff from Stuart Shaw. We've got Time Timo Pookie. <laughs> Postman Pat Lydon <laughs> from Scott <laughs> Devine. Uh, Dado Purcell's Army. Uh, Queen of the South Park that's both from Robin William uh, Considine with me Considine or come down with me that's from Sam Miller uh, Bre- another Breaking Bad and Raphael Shites Creek from Graham McLean who are we going for the winner today Jim Duffy Vampire Slayer Jim Duffy the Vampire Slayer from Daniel Miller congratulations you are the winner and for next week's podcast we want your best suggestions for if Scottish football were we'll do perfume in a couple of weeks okay Okay. we've already got one so if Scottish football were a Disney movie oh oh I do like Disney movies Hmm. examples include The Little Mark Kermaid (laughs) Pinocchio (laughs) Go Ali Roy Story 2 <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph Milne Graham Shinny the Pooh <laughs> I'm not sure I'm not sure is Winnie the Pooh Disney? Yes is it, is Disney, it, is it Disney? Yeah, Okay yeah. fair enough and Esmeral Right do you want me to do this one because yeah. you're going to screw it up you know Esmeralda Yeah uh-huh. So it's Esmeral Celtic Da 
Keep an eye on our Twitter page <laughs> at BigFootballScott for badly photoshopped examples for next week. Right, okay. We have some big fixtures coming up over the next week while, so let's move on to them very quickly on Wednesday night. We've got Celtic versus St Mirren, Hearts versus Aberdeen, Livingston, Dundee United and Kilmarnock against Rangers. Some tasty one in there, Ewan Cameron. That's yes. good. I'm delighted that Rangers took Aberdeen to extra time on that rubbish pitch at Hamden because Hearts have got Aberdeen on Wednesday night at Tynecastle where we could go nine points clear of them with victory against the Dons and I think Hearts will win at Tynecastle and we will cement our place in third spot and all will be glorious Scottish Cup at the weekend as well Celtic versus Morton is the early kickoff on Saturday quarter past 12 then we've got Alloa versus Falkirk our broth Motherwell Cove Rangers Air United Dundee United against the University of Stirling, Elgin City versus Drumchapel. We've got Hamilton versus Ross County, Inverness versus Queen's Park again. Kilmarnock against Dumbarton, Lithgow Rose against Wraith Rovers, Partick Thistle against Dunfermline, St Mirren against Dundee, Stenhouse Muir Livingston, and St Johnston against Rangers is the late kickoff. And then if we move on to Sunday, we have the small matter of Hibs versus Hearts. Ewan Cameron. Keep Nesbit quiet, we win the game comfortably. Think you can? He's world-class finishing at the moment. World-class goals. World-class goals. Worth nope. £9 million. Pounds. We've got Kai Rolls in our team who kept a lot of the He Argent- can use his hands as well. Yeah, he so can, yeah, exactly. And he kept a lot of the Argentinian players quiet in the second round of the World Cup. So yeah. if he can keep the likes of Messi and others and Alvarez quiet, I think he can sort out Kevin Nisbet. Okay, fair enough. And then on Monday night, it's Darvel against Aberdeen. Is there a wee shock on the cards there, do you think? What I a, don't. What a horrible week that would be. You lose to Rangers, you lose to Hearts, and then you lose to Darvel. Uh-oh. Do you think that would be cheery by? I mean, the thing is, I think they've actually shown enough under Jim Goodwin in the last couple of weeks that they're playing I don't think he's totally lost it yet it won't be easy going to Darville put it that way yeah that's the Monday night kickoff. it is quarter to eight on Monday night right any other business you and Cameron are we all done are we up the roads we're all done um, I'm going to go and watch a Disney movie now I quite fancy Wreck-It Ralph I've never seen Wreck-It Ralph before. very good okay fair enough well you enjoy that this has been the Big Scottish Football Podcast thank you to you you and Cameron thank and thanks you. to you all for listening and getting in touch thanks to David and Enzo for being on a little bit earlier on as well don't forget to subscribe to the show on whichever podcast provider you use so you don't miss a podcast and keep an eye on our socials for if Scotch football were a Disney movie. We'll be back next week at the usual time with another brand new episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast but from me Stephen Mill and him Ewan Cameron it's cheery bye from us. 